from our next guest, one of our frequent ones when we're talking about Mississippi State um, sports, actually, everything, football, baseball, whatever. He's the beat reporter for the Clarion Ledger, part of the USA Today Network as well. <clears throat> and uh, he joins us now, Will Salmon. Will, good morning. Griffin, Pat Smith, you doing well? Hey, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. We're doing wonderfully. Yesterday, you threw out some stuff that we've already talked about with Matt Wyatt. Uh, but give us your gauge on Nick Fitzgerald with the RPOs, linebackers having to read it, and what state you think is going to try to do against uh, a really depleted linebacking core. Yeah, I'm sure Matt covered it <clears throat> pretty well, as he always does, um, being a former quarterback himself. But, yeah, I mean, the offense, like everybody knows over here, and I'm sure you guys know as well, um, the offense is built around that stuff. Um it goes through the run and through RPOs, and they use, they try to use a lot of deception too when it's all rolling right. And so I think that puts a lot of pressure on the linebackers, and it gives Mississippi State now a fighting chance in this one, uh, just because where Alabama is at with their linebacker core. You know, a couple of weeks ago I, I probably wouldn't have said that. You know, and really even when Mississippi State was beating the likes of BYU, Kentucky, those teams, I still would not have said that because of who those teams are. But now, you know, I kind of give them my, my go-to phrase has been fighting chance because of that. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think that they have an opportunity to perhaps perhaps close the gap. I mean, the gap is quite large uh, from where it was last year uh, with, with that score. I believe it was, what, 51-3 or something like that. Yep. So... Man, if they could uh, even cut that in half, that would be progress, of course. So, um, yeah, I, I don't expect them to, to win the game, but I, 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 may, I may go as far as saying it, would, it may even be closer than the spread in the case. Yeah, that's a good point, Will. And one thing's for sure about this Mississippi State football team, you could talk about the quarterback play all day long. You could see him jump off the film. But the defense has played extremely well, currently number seven nationally in total defense. Talk to us about that defense and what they need to do to try to contain Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a turnaround. We've we've talked about it before with what Todd Grantham has been able to do. And you know, I I thought he would have some sort of touch with this team and get them to be better than what they were last year, because one, you couldn't be worse from what they were last year. And two, uh, he's a veteran coach who knows what he's doing. But I didn't really anticipate it to be this profound, um, the turnaround. It's been pretty uh, pretty impressive to watch. I mean, their secondary has really improved. Uh, they were number 150 or so in passing yards allowed last year. And now they're, they're one of the better teams in that department. Um, you know, with, with Jalen Hurts, I think the game plan – uh, is going to be kind of similar to what LSU was doing. I think LSU provided some sort of a blueprint as to maybe how you can have success against them or, you know, and define success as still losing, of course, but uh, at least make things interesting because they, they kind of do a couple of different, a uh, couple of the same things, although in different ways. I mean, there, there's some dis disguising going on. There's delayed, blitz, delayed blitzing. And I think if I'm Mississippi State, they kind of go at it with the idea, okay, if Jalen Hurts beats us with his arm, he beats us with with his arm, and they win the game. And that may be better than just getting crushed by, what, the four or five running backs 
uh, you know, and, and getting crushed by Hertz on the ground as well. I think that that will be the game. Now, are they going to be successful in doing that? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't bet on it, but I think that's the game plan at least. Will Sam and our guest here talking Mississippi State and Alabama. So besides those two obvious things, a way better defense and Nick Fitzgerald, where's an underlying thing you also feel good about Mississippi State's chances if you do? Well, I think the only other thing would be their special teams. It's been, it's been a much better year than they had last year in, in field goals and punts. And they kind of do those little things this year that, that helps them win these games or build leads early on. And then, they, then they're able to just wear teams out and run away with it. You know, Mississippi State does not have a high-powered offense. Their rushing attack is great. It's a top-ten rushing team uh, with Nick Fitzgerald and Eris Williams. They pound away. They have these long, sustained drives sometimes where they're, <clears throat> excuse me, taking up about eight or nine minutes off the clock and things are working pretty well. But their special teams is something that's been pretty consistent all year. They got a really good field goal kicker in Jay's Christman. And their puncher has been able to to really help them with field position. So it's those those type of little things. Um, you, have, you know, you have a team that doesn't really turn the ball over that much, doesn't have too many negative plays, and they usually win the field position battle. So it's not always glamorous with Mississippi State with how they're seven and two, but uh, they are pretty efficient, and they're not doing it, um, you know, with much luck. It, it's just they're an efficient team that wins in the areas areas that you need to win in order to, to get a victory on Saturdays. Talk to us about Donald Gray, the top receiver. Uh, he was supposed to, I believe, come back to practice yesterday. Was he able to, and what do you expect from him on Saturday? You know, I'm not so sure if Donald Gray is going to play. Um, I, I haven't heard – we haven't heard one way or the other, uh, but that's just my, my gut instinct tells me that, you know, a guy who – is able to play out. Is able to practice Wednesday at the earliest. That's not the greatest of signs uh, for for your availability on Saturday. You know, with Mississippi State, their receivers they've gotten this far with their leading receiver ranking. I believe something like number thirty eight in receiving yards, and not not thirty eight in the country, thirty eight in the SEC. Uh, you know, their their top guy, uh, Keith Mixon. So. They've gotten this far with, with that. You know, the, the thing about the linebackers with Alabama, if, if uh, the RPO is working, their game is short passes, Mississippi State. So that could be a thing, too, to, to keep an eye on with uh, how Alabama's linebackers are compromised with injuries and where they are in the depth chart because that, that's another area where there could be a lot of pressure because they're, Mississippi State's not going to take a bunch of shots downfield. Um, unless they have a you know play action or deceptive play going on, it's just not going to be there for them. Their receivers do not get separation. So, with or without Donald Gray, it's still not going to matter too much because last week was the only game he missed, and it's not as if he is providing that sort of big, deep vertical threat all game. You know, every week he he hasn't. Um, so I think with or without him, they're st- they're still the same team. So I don't I don't view it as you know a major it was, it's going to be a major loss if he's not on the field because he is their top guy, but it doesn't change who they are. Nick Fitzgerald has four straight 100 yard rushing games. He's going against the nation's number one pass efficiency defensive team. 
I would assume Dan Mullen stays the course with that, that there's not a lot of surprise. Like you said, you might pop something or try to, but for the basic part of the game, they're still going to do the RPOs and hope that Fitzgerald, you know, has the a breakout game again. He's, he's really not been as good as I thought he would be after last year. No, I agree. I mean, he's already had 10 interceptions. I think he threw 10 interceptions all of last season, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have numbers in front of me, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that that's the case. Uh, with obviously, what, three games left in the regular season and uh, a bunch less att- passing attempts. So it, it really hasn't. And, and, I, and I think the, the lack of wide receivers help, uh, don't help him, of course. But still, uh, you know, he, ha- he hasn't been what a lot of people have expe- has expected him to be at this point. He still needs to boost that completion percentage up. He still has to do things like that. Funny thing about his running, though, Dan Mullen said on Monday that out of the quarterbacks that he has had at Mississippi State, they have called less designed runs for Nick Fitzgerald of anybody else. So it really is Nick Fitzgerald just making the play and making the decision uh, based on what the defense is giving him. So in that sense, he is making good decisions. The execution and the passing is what needs to get better. But, I mean, his running ability is still there. I mean, he's he's averaging seven yards a carry. Um, he's not afraid of contact, as you guys know from that game last year against Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy just keeps on taking absorbing hits. He could break tackles. And then once he does all of that, he's not going to get caught in the open field. So he is a special player when it comes to that. Um, and last week was another example of it. I know it was UMass, but he did move up into the record books as well as like what uh, number four, number five, whatever it is, as far as SEC uh, quarterback uh, rushing yards for an SEC quarterback. It's so that that's always impressive when he does that. Um, It's, can he stay away from making the mistake against Alabama? Because I think one mistake will be too many in this game. I want to ask you about Dan Mullen's future. Many people believe his name's going to be hot, number one on the list for Gainesville, maybe even Rocky Top when that comes open. Are you hearing anything in regards to Dan Mullen? I know he just got a contract extension, but would there be any type of overtures to try to lock him up, even give him more money so that his name wouldn't show up on these lists that's going to come open in the next couple of weeks? Well, the, the deal is that he signed a he signed an extension after going 6-7 and seven last year. Um, so that kind of shows you the, the type of stability and job security the guy has. Sure. Because I don't know if that happens elsewhere in the SEC. You go six and seven and you get a four-year extension. Um, in Mississippi, the law is that um, I think four years is the max, actually. So I guess he would be able to sign like a, you know, he would be able to add a year to right. his extension after this one, um, but can't go any more than that. So I would expect that to happen, of course. And as far as people, reaching out to him or, you know, um, asking him if, if there's interest, I'm sure it's going to happen. And I'm also, sh- and I, but I'm not sure how much interest he has in the jobs. I know, I know he's super happy in the situation he is one, because of the job security I told you about Two, He takes a lot of pride in what he has built here. Uh, because let's face it, this, this was not an attractive job before Dan Mullen made it an attractive job. If that guy were to leave, you know, Mississippi State wouldn't have the hardest of times filling that filling this job. I mean, they they pay a decent amount. Uh, Dan is number fourteen on the USA Today list of coaches 
of course, that's been over time, and he has accumulated the money and the, the extensions and all that. But still, it goes to show that they will be they they will pay somebody um, what they need to pay somebody, and it's it's a job where he's had a lot of success. He's had probably more success than the other coach um, at this school, and he's going to go down as um, the best probably of all time here. So I think all that stuff matters to him. Um, and he knows he has a good a good situation when it comes to that. The question that he's going to have to ask himself is, can I win a national championship here? And is that something I want to do? You know, is that something that I want to be defined as? Do I Because to be one of the greats, you're going to have to do that, of course. And can you do that at Mississippi State? In nine or ten years, he hasn't been able to. And he's only been really able to get himself into the conversation once in 2014. So... I don't know. I, that's going to be really what it depends on. Those elite jobs presenting you that opportunity. So that's really what he's going to decide against. You know, the job security thing where everything is pretty good, um, expectations are pretty low, and you're able to surpass them every year. Or you go for that huge challenge with not so much job security, but the idea that, hey, I can win a national title here.